once in a while we can read on those lists of the most influential people, politicians, actors, musicians, athletes, extremely wealthy people, innovators, influencers, fashion designers, activists, and so on. Remember once I read one of this list that Time Magazine had made of the 100 most influential people in the 20th century. And you could find Albert Einstein, President Roosevelt, Muhammad Ali, Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King, Louis Armstrong, Bob Dylan, the Beatles, Coco Chanel, Winston Churchill, Steve Jobs, St. John Paul II, Mother Teresa of Calcutta, Princess Diana of Wales, T.S. Eliot, Michael Jordan, very different people. And this list made me think about the difference between influence and fame. Because all these peoples were, according to Time Magazine at least, influential. And they were all as well famous. Is it the same thing to be famous as it to be influential? Is every famous person influential per se, just because they are famous, by definition? Or also, are there any ordinary people like us that could be also influential without being famous? St. Thomas Aquinas raises this question in his Summa Theologia when he's trying to establish the solid and true foundation for happiness. And at one point he asks, whether man's happiness consists in fame or glory. And he says that fame consists in being well-known and praised by other men. It's simple to understand. No? When you're known and praised by others, you're pretty much famous. And he argues that it cannot give us true and lasting happiness because that kind of fame is often deceptive or given for the wrong reasons. And it's also fleeting. For example, do you know who was the archbishop of this diocese before Archbishop Sample? I don't want to say how many raise your hands. I'm sure some of you might know. But he was a pretty famous man, at least in this part of the US, at least between, among Catholics. You remember who was the man before him? How fleeting fame is. He says that Aquinas, going back to Aquinas, he says that the true happiness comes from being known not by other men, but by God. Being known by God. You know, I happen to know very well a former president of my country, Argentina. And I saw when I was young, I saw his him racing to you know, the most powerful office in the country and then falling from it pretty quickly as well. So I have a strong experience of how fleeting this fame can be. No? You know, in the old ceremonies of installations of a pope, there was an amazing and impressive display of pomp and solemn rites but at one point, a barefooted Franciscan monk would show up with a candle in his hand and it would cry, Holy Father! And then he would blow the candle and he would say, Sic transit gloria mundi. 
like this, the glory of the world goes away, like this candle that we just put away. So the, that was part of the rite, actually. And it was meant to remind the Holy Father that regardless of all his fame and power and influence in the world, seek transit gloria mundi. Like that, it goes away. Aquinas concludes, and therefore man's beatitude depends as on its cause on the glory which man has with God, the glory that God gives us to be known and to be praised by God. That is our joy, to be able to listen in our hearts every night the voice of the Father that whispers inside, well done, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm sure you heard that whisper once in a while, well done, good job, good and faithful servant. Knowing that we are doing God's will, that we are with him, that is our peace, our joy, and our happiness. So that being said, I don't want to oppose fame and influence as if fame was something bad or wrong. Fame could also be useful. It could empower and extend our work for the kingdom. Father Mike Schmitz, for example, is pretty famous, isn't him? Bishop Barron can reach many because he's famous. But know this, fame should be like a byproduct of what you do, something that comes as you are doing something good. So Father Mike Schmitz is, is good at what he's doing, and because of that, he's famous. Same with Bishop Barron. He's intelligent, he's clever, he's a man of faith, and he became famous as he was trying to preach the gospel to this world. I don't think it's so healthy, spiritually speaking, to want to be famous, to seek fame as an end in itself. Plus, it's not so easy to achieve. No? So we should seek to do good, that's for sure, to find our place, our own call, our own vocation, whether we are called to be, you know, politicians, lawyers, doctors, engineers, foresters, nurses, accountants, athletes, artists, designers, whatever, you name it, priests, sisters, consecrated sisters. We should seek to do our best, to love what we do and to love the people that we interact with as we are you know, pushing for the kingdom, to honor God and to build his kingdom on earth. And fame could be a byproduct of our good work, if that is our call, to be somehow famous. Also, fame is a relative thing. No? But we should not really worry about it much, or even want it so much. It has some privilege, for sure, but it also has many dangers, at least spiritual dangers. Nevertheless, even if most of us probably don't have a call to be famous, we all have a call to be influential. We all have a call to be influential. Throughout our life, we interact with so many people. So think about one week, for example, of your life. You know, classmates, friends, co-workers, members of the community. And we have a real opportunity to connect with them and share with each one of them who we are and the goodness that we receive from God and that we work for as well and to share our faith 
and, and to share the difference that it makes. And as we do that, we become very influential, not only because we share our faith, but also because we are trying to do something good and something beautiful for, for God and for others in, in the midst of our activities, with our studies, with our work. I would like to claim tonight that this is the most powerful way through which real life-changing influence is exercised. Not through fame, but through, through personal influence. Because we admire famous people, but they don't have so much influence in our lives, I think. I love watching Messi play soccer. He's an amazing player, but he hasn't changed the way I think or the way I feel or my attitudes. It's amusing to see him play. I like, for example, the music of Bob Marley, but I don't, I don't live like him, just like his music. So, true, some famous people are influential. JP2, for example, was influential in my life, at least, and in the life of millions, but it was because of his goodness, and his fame somehow enlarged that influence. Jeff Bezos changed the way we buy things. But is that really influential? Does it really change people's hearts for the good? Are we better now with Amazon? Life is easier for sure, it's more practical. And, and maybe we are a little bit better, who knows? It's hard to tell. But at least it's not so obvious that we are better, that he influenced deeply in us. He helped us to buy stuff which is good. I'm not criticizing him. I'm just making some examples. The real influence is core at core, heart to heart. And this is the one that we can practice. And this is the one that really makes a difference. And we are called to practice, to exercise this influence. You know, Newman once wrote that truth and goodness has been upheld in the world, not as a system, not by books, not by argument, not by temporal power, but by the personal influence of such men who are at once the teachers and the patterns of it. You know, Aaron Stedler and, and John Potts, two of our men, recently got ordained as deacons a few days ago in, in Washington, D.C. And Aaron's dad is from Germany. His name is Marty. And he, he came to the U.S., I think, when he was 16. He married down the road his mom. And she was a nurse in the Air Force, so he would follow her around the country. And he would struggle to find a job in, in, in each new location. But he would. He would work in whatever he could find. So for a while, when they were destined in North Dakota, he was running behind the garbage truck early in the morning. And his co-worker happened to be an amazing man, a devout Catholic that would run with him early in the morning, you know, picking our trashes. And this man had a powerful influence in Marty's life. As they were doing that, he was sharing his faith and, you know, how, how a good man he was, just with his life. And he taught Marty to go to adoration and to pray before the Blessed Sacrament. So he began to do that. And he, because of this man, he began to reconnect with his faith 
and to go to adoration. And he would go every Saturday at 6 in the morning to, to adoration. And guess with who he would, you know, take with? Little Aaron, he was 10. And he would go with Aaron every Saturday at 6 in the morning. And then after that, they would, he would buy, buy him you know, breakfast and would have a good time. So at his ordination, Marty was so happy, so proud. And he would tell everyone, if you want to have a priest, a son that, to, to become a priest, you should go to adoration with him. He was sharing with everyone this story. And this other man, the, the, his co-worker, also has a son that is a priest in North Dakota. So I guess it works. Little he, this man would know as he was running with Marty that the influence that he would have in his life. And then that would influence Aaron. And how many people Aaron as a priest will be able to influence? We don't know. He already influenced many as we are working together in, in D.C. And now as a deacon and hopefully soon as a priest. So see, that's how influence works. Heart to heart. Cor at cor. And it's real. Not so easy to, to track. But God sees. Teachers are influential. Mentors, dads, moms, co-workers that spend many hours together. Friends, spouses, preachers, shepherds. I recently read an read an article, oh, I didn't do this, okay. I thought I was preaching for 20 minutes, I said, oh my God. I recently read an article where uh, Robert Barron acknowledges another priest, Monsignor Sokolowski. He has been a teacher at Catholic University of America for many years, and he says, he was my mentor. He influenced me immensely in my ideas and who I am today. So. I don't know if Monsignor Sokolowski was aware of this influence or not, but he influenced Robert Barron, and he, uh, in his time, influences many more. By the way, this is the way Jesus wanted to change the world, with this type of influence. He could have chosen different ways to be influential, but he chose to share his life with 12 unknown men with zero fame, and to really influence them, to disciple them, to form their minds and hearts. And with those 12, he founded his church. And this adventure has 2,000 years and is still going, changing the life of millions and millions. He didn't write a book. He didn't use mass media. He was not a powerful politician. He had not money, not even a lot of human success at least in his lifetime. But he really influenced the world. Even time recognizes that he is the number one influencer in the world, even today, Jesus Christ, which I think is pretty amazing. And today we celebrate his ascension into heaven, his triumph, his victory. He went back to his father, not to abandon us, but to stay. And he keeps exercising this type of influence. He sends his Holy Spirit to our hearts, and he develops this personal relationship with each one of us. Because he's in heaven, he's also close to our hearts, and he 
molds our hearts today, your hearts and my heart as well. It's not a figure of the past. He's someone that remains influential. So that we can also influence others. In the first reading, Jesus says to the apostles, wait for the promise to the Father. In a few days, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I, I love this expression. You will be soaked in the Holy Spirit, immersed in the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on to say, for you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So he's ambitious. He says, go to the world to influence, to transform the world. And he promises that we will receive power to be his witnesses that we will not be on our own. He didn't just leave a little book that we should read. He stayed with us. He left that book. I mean, we have the Gospels. We have the letters of St. Paul. I mean, he didn't write them. We know that, but you understand what I mean. But besides the book, we have, you know, the, his amazing grace, and we have the sacraments, and we have the church, and the company of others. And he says, you will be empowered to exercise influence in my name, to touch and change people's lives. And I think we should aspire to this. We should want to be influential, not necessarily famous, but yes, influential, to leave trace, so to say, as we, as we, as we live our lives, to, to, to be like an open um, box where someone can come and grab to, to be for others. Last night we witnessed the final vows of Sister Anunciada and Sister Joanna, and we prayed last night with the Archbishop that their life will be influential for many. Their consecrated lives will be influential. They will touch people's life with their prayer, their intercession, their preaching, teaching, mentoring, mothering, healing, restoring in Christ, leading, waking up people with their lives. So Jesus ascended today so that he could stay close to us, closer than ever, so close that we will receive him in the Eucharist. Can you imagine something closer than that? And we receive him every day if we want, at least once a week. That is how close, how influential he still is as we receive him every day. We read in the gospel, the Lord Jesus, after he spoke to them, was taken up into heaven and took his seat at the right hand of God. But they went forth and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word through accompanying signs. The Lord worked with them and he worked with us. Being in heaven is close to us, within us so that we can be influential, salt of the earth and light of the world. And someday, we will also be famous, not only influential, but also famous. We'll have both ways. When we enter heaven by his mercy, we will be received by an immense crowd, immense crowd waiting for us. 
and they have been cheering for us along the way. It's a big crowd that is rooting for us, even if we don't notice. It's the triumphant church already in heaven before whom we are already famous. <laughs>